12 days before he committed suicide, Keith Buisa posted Wajinga Nini, a song by a popular Kenyan musician on his Facebook page. His commentary was, and I quote, This is wow lyrics. I love it to death. Part of the song lyrics go, Vijana wana bet na kifo. Wana die betting, imewapea job mob kualiko. Tragically, 12 days later, Keith was found dead. He left a suicide note, crying the ills of betting. His message in summary was that betting was more trouble than it was worth. Besides, he said, make a posimo, make a wallet, make the ID, your girlfriend yake. I'm a pack the girlfriend had a kid. Pack of it is a key, I'm a So, they're not really I'm sorry to disappoint you, my family. And I'm sorry to disappoint you too, my girlfriend. Akasema, dear Congolese, the betting part. Akasema. Guys learn to work hard. Betting has nothing. Actually, it's not good to bet. So your betting part in the casink kwakiliawatu. So okay, it died because of betting. okay. We tried to open his phone. Tultumia kama sikuivi, but ikufunguka. So I said to flash, but we were like there's no need. I can do this thing. I'm an IT expert. So, nikaichukua, nikajaribu vitu zangu, fo nikafunguka. Because the line ilikuwa lazima utunda tuswapu, na tungeza swapu. So, vile fo nilifunguka, mii nika, kangalia li text. So, we, tulipata text ya mwisho, ilikuwa magiu na the girlfriend tena. Yo 26th. Alafu, text ya pili, Niabetika. So he deposited 26,000 on 25th night. Ali deposit 26. Akanza kuibet. Sunajoki bet. Ile ya kuna hii live something. Betting ya live. So kibet unashinda. Congratulations inakuja instant. Ukilose inakuja instant hivo hivo. So he was winning, losing, winning, losing, winning, losing from 26,000. Akapata 17,000. Akendelea kubeta. Akapata 18, akanza kuluzi. Na hivyo ndia liluzi mbaka kafika 250 shillings. Keith Buisa was not the first Kenyan driven to suicide by gambling. He's one of many Kenyans impacted by the gambling industry. Keith's story, and that of many others, is what inspired me to investigate gambling in Kenya. My name is Paul Wafula. I've worked as a financial investigative journalist for nine years and as a business editor for three years. In the course of my reporting, I was shocked by the numbers that were coming from the betting industry and how in four years, betting became a significant mover in the financial markets. As I looked at the data, I came to the realization that we are only hearing one side of the story. 
TV screens were filled with the wins. Never the losses. Hardly the suicides. Like that of Kate Wisa. I could no longer look away. I had to tell the full story. So, here it is then. The full story. A country of gamblers. An investigative look into gambling in Kenya. As far back as 1966, Kenyans were betting. They used avenues like the National Lotto, run by the Kenya Charity Sweepstakes, as well as casinos in cities and towns countrywide. There was street gambling, otherwise known as karata. In these times, gambling was largely seen as a vice. It is the entry of big players like Sport Pesa, who came in riding on the expansion of mobile phone technology that made gambling easily available to everyday citizens. They reduced the size of the minimum stake to less than 50 Kenya shillings and focused their marketing billions on the bottom of the pyramid of Kenya society. In the blink of an eye, a regular person only needed a mobile phone to place a bet. Betting, which used to be seen as a vice, was suddenly a popular pastime. Sportpesa is a core subject of this podcast. We are going to examine the company, its founders, shareholders, its activities, in pursuit of understanding how a private entity, whose majority shareholders are foreign, impacted the lives of Kenyans, for better and for worse. Among the founding directors of Sportpesa was only one Kenyan, the late Dick Wathika. Welcome to the program. Now, former Nairobi mayor and one-time Makadara member of parliament, Dick Wathika is dead. Wathika passed away last night at the Karen Hospital. According to people close to him, it is understood that Wathika fell ill and checked himself into hospital where he died. Dick Mwangi Wathika was mayor of Nairobi between July 2004 and 2006. He served as a Makadara member of parliament between 2007 and 2010, when his re-election was nullified by the courts. Dick Wathika's story is one of grass to grass. He grew up in Maringa Ward, a low-income area in Nairobi's Eastlands. His star started rising after he tossed himself into national politics in 1992. And at only 19, he became Kenya's youngest councillor and later on, Nairobi's youngest mayor in history. He was an ambitious man. During his tenure as Makadara MP, Dick Wathika prided himself in spending CDF funds to educate his constituents. Up to this day, he's the only Kenyan politician who can provide a detailed account of the use of CDF funds. In September 2010, Wathika appeared on the bench, a political talk show where he spoke about his record. Sit back and listen to the immediate former MP of Makadara, 
Wathika. Wajibua, good to see you. Thank you. Well done. Yes, thank you. you. I mean, this this is this is not a play school thing. I mean, you 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 went into this job yes. and you hit the ground running. Yes, yes, yes. Because uh, I knew that uh, we've uh, been left behind in terms of development, and uh, to be able to consume the 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 devolved funds mm -hmm. from government. Mm -hmm. So I knew we are we we've been left behind, and I asked for that seat specifically because I wanted Makadara people to start enjoying the devolved funds. He was re-elected as Makadara MP, but his election was contested by Ruben Dolo. Adiki Wadeka, we grew up together uh, in Eastlands, of course, from Makadara. And uh, they were behind us. In, uh, they are the second generation during our time. Uh, of course, she was from Maringo, I was from Jericho. Uh, we are neighbors. We used to call ourselves in-laws. And uh, of course, we, uh, we were brought up in a, a way that uh, uh, there was nothing like uh, tribal issues. Everybody was, uh, in that time, we were brothers and sisters. So as I've said, we grew up together. And uh, uh, it's, uh, first of all, uh, he left us when people needed him more. See what I'm saying? Uh, it's also something that uh, we, we, we leave it to the hands of God, because everything is in the hands of God. But uh, we were friends. Uh, later on, uh, they are the ones, in fact, who brought me into uh, politics, that team of Jericho and Maringo. Uh, they, by then I was the president of the Commonwealth Boxing Council. So they told me that we don't, need, we don't have anybody here in our, in our constituency. Why don't you come and uh, be the MP for Makadara? Well, I hesitated first because, you know, as a sportsman, we used not to uh, like the politician very much. We used to fear them. You, you, as, a, as a sportsman, I've said, uh, we used to be straightforward issues. We used to concentrate on issues of, of making sure that you are a sportsman. Eventually, I agreed, and well and good. So I, I became one of uh, the MPs, the youngest MP at that time from the estates. And uh, I did my best. He was a councillor then. Uh, we worked together. After that, you know, came 2007, we competed. And he won. Then I went to court. Maybe that time, those people who were there, of course, the court said that uh, elections were rigged. So we went back to election. That's when Sonko came in. To their surprise, both Ruben Dolo and Dikwathika lost the ensuing by-election to a little-known newcomer known as Mike Sonko. Mike Sonko at the time was a newbie, and both his opponents, Dikwathika and Ruben Dolo, underestimated him. They assumed that the real battle for Makadara was between the two of them, sons of Eastlands. Mitandolo spoke to me on how this election played out in court and in the public eye. 
Uh, we went to court and uh, uh, we challenged ourselves as friends. And uh, we knew uh, after that we'll go back for elections. And we knew it was between me and Iku Adhika because we all came from the same, same uh, uh, place and the same, same people who were coming up about politics. We didn't bother about Sonko. So after that, we regretted ourselves. What happened? Why did we fight ourselves? Because the people who are there are one. The people who are there in those assets are one. So we regretted ourselves. Why, why did we fight both of us? And we are one. And then somebody else came from nowhere who was not one of us. You know, we, 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 we used to call it one of us. He was not one of us. What happened? After this painful defeat, Dick Wathika re-examined his involvement in Nairobi politics. So then I remember he said, I'm not going to vow for a seat again here in the city because our people betrayed us. That's what, that's what became. Our people betrayed us. The now former MP of Makadara embarked on many other ventures, most notably running for member of parliament seat in his ancestral home, Ukraini. His run there was marked by election violence. Tikwathika accused the police of targeting him. In spite of this, Dikwathika did not return to Nairobi as a defeated man. Instead, he was more determined, developing new businesses while expanding old ones. Sportpesa was his final business venture. Ruben Dolo reckons that the idea of setting up a sports betting company was a result of a conversation that the two of them had with one Kevin Malinga. We were having uh, tea and coffee at the New Stanley Hotel. And then Kevin Malinga uh, came with that idea that he saw it at audience, audience cinema uh, being started by the Sopapaka guy. He advised Dick that can we do the same? Can we have such a thing? Uh, we as, uh, uh, as me and um, him and his, uh, his, his friends. So that's the day I think I remember. After that, then I heard they started one in Harlingham, the sports pesa. But you know, he, he didn't stay long. I, I think after three months, then he passed away. So the guys that uh, he started with, the Pondungus and the, the other, t other friends, I think took over. But the, mo the one who initiated that, as I remember, it started from the New Stanley Hotel, that sports pesa. Ndolo could be right in his assertion that Kevin Malinga planted the idea of betting in Mr. Dick Wathika's head. But like many ideas, the sports betting idea was an amalgamation of various encounters. Kevin Malinga was not the first person to float this idea to Mr. Wathika. In fact, while he was mayor of Nairobi, Wathika played an instrumental role in supporting two Bulgarians, Jurasim Nikolov, and Jean Grand in setting up a gambling venture known as Toto 649, which was owned by First Lotto Company. Jurasim Nikolov moved to Nairobi in 1999. 
For more than three years after his arrival in Kenya, Nikolov worked as a general manager at the Grand Regency Casino. This was before founding First Lotto Limited in 2001. By 2006, Nikolov had become the respectable face of the Total 649 SMS lottery. Wathika's relationship with the Bulgarians seems to have been maintained because in 2014, presumably after the separate meeting with Ruben Dolo and Kevin Malinga, Dick Wathika established Potpesa in partnership with them. We spoke to someone who works with Jirasim Nikolov and has vast experience in the betting underworld. This person was privy to the relationship between Dick Wathika and the Bulgarians. We have masked their voice for their own safety. Uh, well, at total 649, I think uh, there's a time when we ran sort of cash, and then uh, Gero approached Dick Wadika when he was still a mayor, and uh, he asked Dick Wadika to, to borrow him some money. So Dick Wadika gave two million, uh, which Gero had difficulties in giving back. So they had to, to work together a long time because Gero could not uh, be able to pay back the two million. So before Spotpesa, there was total 649. Dick Wathika stumbled upon the betting venture because he loaned the Bulgarians two million shillings, which the Bulgarian could not pay back. I asked our anonymous source how Dick Wathika handled the situation. Yeah, he was asking for his money, and then uh, uh, what Gero did is that he gave Dikwadika all the booths which were in town, there were 14 number, the blue booths. Right now they belong to Dikwadika, <laughs> not to Gero. <laughs> so he was given those booths, and then he was told, okay, we'll, I'll give you the money. And they also... Uh, went into business of, I think, uh, the boats at uh, Uhuru Park. And they were doing together, Dikwa Dika and Gero. And then um, Gero pro promised him that I'll make money, I'll pay you. And, but he could not, so it forced Gero to work with, uh, with Dikwa Dika in any, any other new job he was getting. Though the start of the relationship was rocky, Dikwa Thika and Jirasim, also known as Jero, started dealing in business. Eventually, Jero gave up Toto 649 to Dikwathika, but the government then shut it down due to the fact that the lottery had acquired its license in an irregular or unlawful manner. Yeah, it was shut down, um, but they did not shut it completely. So there was intervention, uh, intervention of some guys who said that uh, it had employed so many people and that they could not just shut it like that. This simply because the license which you are using was given in a bar. There was no vetting uh, and nothing was done on this license the way it's supposed to be done. No probe was done, so they were just, it was signed in a bar and they were given. They met that person in the bar and he had that book. And the person is already dead, so I'd, uh, <laughs> he's already dead. This is the brother 
to uh, Sirma. Jero then moved on from Lotus 369 to try another betting scheme. He set up a three-month gambling promotion known as 2929, in which the winner will take home a Range Rover. Our contact sheds further light on this venture. And later on, I think in two, uh, 2007, Gero partnered up with some Bulgarians from South Africa. And they started this game, uh, which was a popular game, which was known as 2929. And their top prize was um, a Range Rover. So they ran it for three months. And I think this is during the post-election violence summer, summer there. Uh, and uh, they really made money out of this. Very good money. And uh, for them to get this license, um, uh, there was bribe which went on. And th th this bribe was for around 100 million, which was given to the then chairman, and the then CEO was there. Jero turned out to be an unreliable business partner. He dilly-dallied on paying back Dikwathika's loan and even secretly set up another gambling game, but left out his own business partner, Dikwathika. Now this was for only three, for three months. Yeah. Three months. Yeah. And then they ran another, uh, uh, another lottery, uh, which was 6969. This time, Gero left out Dikwadika and this annoyed Dikwadika. He made some call to the Minister of Finance. Uh, Minister of Finance intervened and then called betting control and CCK for that game to be stopped and those people to be arrested. The game was stopped but the people were not arrested and all the money which they had was frozen. Even the offices were locked, they could not access the offices anymore. By snitching on Jero, Dick Wathika caused Huru Kenyatta, then Minister of Finance, to shut down the operation. So both Dick Wathika and Jero lost. They took a break. From 2007 to 2010, Dick Wathika and Jero went about their business separately. And then, an opportunity presented itself. They all lost. Gero lost, the, Bulgarian, the South African Bulgarians lost, even Dikwadika lost. So they, they had to wait for another opportunity. And luckily enough, uh, 2010, um, sports betting came in. And uh, Gero was introduced to this sports betting by a friend. Uh, this is Danson again. So he was shown what sports betting is, and uh, he went and decided to do his own. He started it also at that time, but then he was not doing very well. Uh, he continued, and uh, sports betting was not popular. People did not know about sports betting. So he struggled, and everything he was doing by himself, because he didn't have money, he was making odds. He was trying to create uh, his own uh, call room and the like and until 2014 uh, when he saw that uh, at least he can make some headway 
can do something. Uh, and then he got somebody who financed that sports betting to a tune of 500 million. Uh, I don't remember the name of this guy, but this is an, a Kenyan who had sold his company to a French company. He sold it, I think, for around three billion, so he had money. So he gave money uh, to Gero and Dick Wadika. These were the owners of Sportspesa. Nobody else, the two of them. So he gave them money. And then they started now doing the campaign. Pushing and doing the campaign. The last week when they were almost giving up, at this time Gero had nothing. He was totally depending on a, a borrowed car. He, he didn't even have a car. He was a Vitz. That's what he was driving. And he had no money and they're living in an apartment in Hallingham. The last week when they were saying that this is not going to, to, to work, this is the time when it started picking up. After establishing Sportpesa, Mr. Wathika went on a fundraising mission. He was looking for people to buy shares in the company. His earliest recruit was none other than his friend, Paul Ndungu. Uh, my name is Paul Dongo. Uh, from the perspective of Sportpesa, I was the chairman of Sportpesa from uh, January 2015 up to October 2019 when I resigned from the company. I didn't know much about betting. I, I got into Sportspesa uh, around November, December 2014. Sportspesa itself started business in February 2014. And when they started the betting business, I think at a point they ran out of cash. One of the founders of uh, Sportspesa was my good friend, uh, the late Honorable Dick Wadeka, who was uh, one time MP for Makadara. He was also an assistant minister uh, in Kibaki government. And then for some two terms, he became the mayor of Nairobi. So he was a very good friend of mine. We come from the same place. Uh, we come from the same county. And after they ran out of cash, then he approached me to invest in the company and for them to be able to raise money for marketing. So when he came to me, uh, initially I bought 5%. He sold me 5%, which I gave the money. Then later he came to me and he wanted me to assist them also get as a shareholder now to advance them some uh, some cash for investment, which I did. On the third time when he came now, I told him, maybe why don't you consider giving me, uh, uh, giving me some of the, selling me more shares instead of me advancing you some cash. Because I told him, yeah, you are my friend, but you are other partners, I don't know them. And uh, yeah. As at that time, when I bought the 5%, I had done my own research about betting. I had looked at betting, how it works in the UK. I had seen companies like Skybet, Bet365, and then I started getting to understand how betting goes. And being one of the largest players then 
in the mobile industry and having at the same time being the biggest distributor for Safaricom, I understood uh, at that time I had moved to Orange. Uh, I had moved from Safaricom to Orange in 2010. But uh, because I understood the, our technology, the Mpesa, so I knew this, this business would uh, work in Kenya and it would turn up well. So I invested, uh, I advanced more money and uh, bought some more shares to, and by December 2014, I had, I had bought up to 17% of the company. Pondungu's investment earned him a substantial amount of shares, making him the fourth largest spot pesa shareholder. A year and a couple of months later, Mitandungu would be invited to a shareholders meeting by Dick Wathika. This meeting clashed with Pondungu's earlier plans, so he sent his apologies. It turned out this was the last meeting for Dick Wathika. On a Friday, 18th of uh, December 20, 2015, Honorable Dick Wadeka called me and told me there are some contentious issues that uh, he would want me as one of the big shareholders and his three other partners because each of the three had 21% and I had 17%. Uh, he told me there are some uh, concerning matters that he needed us, the four of us, to discuss. But unfortunately, that Saturday of 19th, I was to be out of town for a function that I couldn't miss. And what happened, I think, uh, he went ahead and had a meeting on Saturday 19th, December 2015, at uh, Nikolov's Casino, the Phoenix Casino boardroom in Westrads, uh, in Harringham. Um, I think the meeting started at about five, but uh, when the meeting was still going on, I had a stud, uh, he collapsed in the boardroom, and um, from what I heard, they rushed him to hospital whereby one of the partners, one of the partners I think was, Nikolov was flying out of the country or something like that. He went to the airport and the, and Jingrad is the one who drove Wadeka to Karen Hospital. Um, uh, from Phoenix to Nairobi Hospital will just be one or two minutes away. Uh, I mean, why would they take him to, 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 to Karen, which was 20, 30 minutes away? I'm not so sure, but uh, that's a fact <laughs> that uh, they took him to um, current hospital and at the start, uh, by the time they reached us at uh, the hospital, he had already passed on. Uh, yeah. Why did he, was it a cardiac arrest? Was it, was it? Yeah, uh, from the information we got from the autopsy, it was... Uh, Cardiac arrest. Paul Ndungu's shock was echoed by many of Dick Wathika's family and friends. It was sudden and unexpected. They could not fathom that a man that they had either seen the previous day or on that day in December 
had passed away. Most are still in denial to this day. He was here at home the whole day with friends. He went for meetings and therefore his death was very, very unexpected and therefore very shocking. Watheka had a, a very, a very enjoyable day on Saturday 19th of December where he was hosting some friends and colleagues of the, the Earth River uh, Services Board. Not much is known of what was discussed in that casino boardroom on that fateful day. What we know, however, is that Dick Wathika fell ill and was driven to Karen Hospital, where his doctor is best. The decision to rush Dick Wathika to Karen Hospital, which was 30 minutes away, as opposed to Nairobi Hospital, five minutes away, might have cost Dick Wathika his life. In any case, when they made it to Karen Hospital, Mr. Wathika was still alive, and the doctors tried everything they could. What you were told immediately by the doctors when we got there is that they did their best to resuscitate Honorable Dick Wathika to arrive. But that was not to happen. He, they tried according to them six times, but they were unable to get him back to life. What you'd call a pacemaker installed about three, four years ago. So he was still having his pacemaker intact and, wa and working at you that fateful day. Dikwathika was mourned by many, including President Uhuru Kenyatta and his one-time rival Mike Sonko. Politician after politician spoke on how he was a formidable opponent a true leader, and above all, a gracious loser. Ruben Dolo, who knew Dick Wathika from their time as young boxing buddies and who remained Dick Wathika's friend until the time of his death, wants people to remember Mr. Wathika not for his pursuits, but his personality and his contribution to society. You know, he was also a boxer, sports person, a cool guy, very sharp, brilliant, and uh, uh, outgoing, generous, as most of the people from Eastlands, and friendly, a family guy. Uh, well, I think he did his best, and he, he really uh, made us proud as people from Eastlands, because as a young person that time, he became a mayor of this city. I think he was the youngest mayor at that time. So you can see yourself, he did it best. He showed the way. In fact, the, our team is the one that showed the next generation about what was going on, that you can make it. Uh, those years were only the, what I can put it, the bigger guys, people who used to have money, people who we used to, they used to come out and say that you young people, you cannot do it. But we did our best. And uh, Dick was one of them who showed the way to the younger generation, which to me is very important. Dick Wathika will be remembered for many things. As a city councillor at 19, one of the youngest mayors from Nairobi, a member of parliament for Makadara, an aspirant for Mukurweni constituency. 
a civil servant, a friend, a husband, and a father. He even sang a song, Wera Niwera, and recorded a music video. But all that pales in comparison with Paul Pesa, a company that he helped set root in Kenya and the world, but never lived long enough to witness its metamorphosis.